Hi there, I'm Dr. Mora. Welcome to a new episode and a new week with The Coaching Hive. If you're new, welcome. And if you've been listening since the beginning or somewhere in between, thank you, my friend. It is always a pleasure to have you here with me. As we continue to journey through our coaching toolkit, Communication Basics, this week, I'd like to take a step back quickly and recap last week's episode. We were talking about crafting quite a question, and I'm curious, how did it go? I encouraged you to practice and really work with these open questions. What helped you be successful? What's still feeling complicated? What are your plans for continuing to practice? Because that's when the magic happens, when you practice. So reach out to me, let me know, send me a DM on Facebook or Instagram, reach out to me. I'd love to hear what's working and where you still feel like you have some struggle points. And let's see if we can work through those together. Okay, on to today's episode. If you have studied Miller and Rolnick's motivational interviewing framework, you are at least lightly familiar with oars, not the kind for a boat. You're probably familiar with oars and you may have even recognized now that our month is focused on honing our skills with oars. Last week was all about questions and it makes sense that this week would focus on affirmations. Now, if you are listening to me talking about oars and you're going, what? I have no idea what you're talking about. So motivational interviewing is probably new to you then. If it's new, I highly recommend reading the MI in Nutrition and Fitness book by Clifford and Curtis and the Motivational Interviewing Third Edition book by Miller and Rolnick. Both are fantastic. They've got lots of great examples and will give you a really strong foundation for understanding the concept and the practice of motivational interviewing. Okay, back to our oars. Like I said, not the kind that you use with a boat. Our oars, the focus of this month's podcasts, stands for open-ended questions, affirmations, reflections, and summaries. When I work with health coaches, I've noticed something really interesting in the questions that I receive about affirmations. The first is to find out why they are so important. And the second is, how do I make these easier? So let's tackle those questions one at a time today. To start, let's consider what an affirmation is because that will help us understand why they're so important. According to Miller and Rolnick, affirmations are designed to highlight clients' strengths, to acknowledge their effort. So why are they so important? Why are affirmations important? The way I think about it, is that a client needs to know their strengths in order to get through the difficult times or the challenges that they're encountering on their change journey. For example, uh, if you have a client who is working to increase their activity level and stay consistent, we know they're probably going to have challenges along the way. One day they might be sore, they might strain something that requires rest, or they might get sick and need to take it easy for a week or two. All of these things can break that consistency cycle. Now imagine that the same client has a coach who's telling them good job each week when they share their weekly successes. What happens when the client hits that bump in the road? Likely they'll think back and recognize that they were successful in the past, but they won't have any idea of what they did other than a good job. 
that doesn't necessarily help them troubleshoot the challenge and get back on track. Now imagine this same client has a coach who tells them, you persisted even when you were sore this week. You were determined to make progress. Now, when the client hits a bump in the road, they will remember that they're persistent and they're determined. In applying those strengths to their story, the client now changes their thinking and knows that they have done this in the past. Same client, same situation, two different coach responses, two different outcomes. That's the power of affirmations. They are often forgotten, but they are so very powerful. So that's why they're important. Okay, if you are ready to awaken your affirmations and invite them to the coaching conversation, let's talk about a few simple techniques to incorporate them seamlessly or at least a little easier. The first step to crafting quality affirmations is to put the attention on the client using a you statement. In fact, that is one of the key components that Rosengren included in a 2009 practitioner workbook on MI. In fact, let's actually walk through Rosengren's key components right now before we go any further, because I think it will really help set the stage for where we're going. So Rosengren's key components, focus on specific behaviors instead of attitudes, decisions, and goals. Avoid using the word I. Focus on descriptions, not evaluations. Attend to non-problem areas rather than problem areas. Think of affirmations as attributing interesting qualities to clients. And nurture a competent instead of a deficit worldview of clients. In other words, affirmations help the client think about the possibilities instead of dwelling on what wasn't successful. It helps the client become clearer on the qualities they possess that will allow for success. Since this is the case, as coaches, we need to enhance our vocabulary of qualities that the client is exhibiting. And there are certain strengths that our clients can probably tell us, but there are also strength surveys that a client could complete, like the Clifton Strengths Finder. Those are important, but we also want to highlight strengths and qualities that arise each week outside of those specific core strengths. I think about it like filling someone's bucket. You're helping them to recognize that they not only have strengths, they have a variety of strengths. If you don't have tip of the tongue ready qualities or strengths that you can name, that's okay. There are still many ways to offer quality affirmations. You might start by considering reviewing the list of 100 characteristics of successful changers that's found in the MI third edition book or the PDF linked in the resource notes for this episode. By using this list, you and your clients, honestly, can become more familiar with strengths. You and your client can more easily identify what allowed them to be successful in their goals. So go ahead and pull that list out. Work with your clients together and help them identify those strengths. You aren't expected to have all of these words at the tip of your tongue any more than you would expect someone to give a speech without 
any help at all. Every little detail memorized, every little sentence memorized, no fluctuation, no improv allowed. You would expect them to use notes or a teleprompter. And the same is true here. You can show this sheet to your client and offer to let them select characteristics that they think helped them throughout the week. And by creating this open conversation, they're staying active. They're even more likely to remember the strengths that they identified. That bucket's getting filled and you are awakening the client to the power of their strengths to guide them through that change process. Now, sometimes I hear from coaches, I got to the end of a session and I forgot my affirmations. If you end a session and you realize that you missed an incredible opportunity to affirm the client, do not panic. You can always add this to your between session check-in or even to your opening summary in the next session. Although an opportunity might be missed, there are going to be other avenues for sharing that affirmation in the future. You just have to be on the lookout for them. As you're listening to this, you may be wondering what happens when the week feels like it fell apart or has fallen apart for the client. You can't just ignore that without being insensitive, right? You have to acknowledge the challenges and the difficult parts. And that is where reflections and summaries really shine. You're able to help that client see what's happened. You can reframe it as a way to still move forward. And you can still affirm that they came back for the next session, right? So you can still find ways to affirm even if the week didn't go as planned. Now your mind at this point may be drifting a little bit. Maybe it's drifting back to the why affirmations are important that we discussed at the beginning of the episode. And you are wondering if you can combine praise and affirmations. That's a pretty typical question. It's something that we're used to doing, right? We often offer praise. Good job. That pat on the back, the woohoo that you offer. So can you combine them? Can you combine praise and affirmations at the same time? And the answer to that is maybe sometimes. It shouldn't be your go-to though, because praise won't keep the client warm at night. It puts the focus on you as the coach. I am happy to hear that you exercised and were persistent with your effort. It's about me as the coach. And that might be all that the client hears, that my coach's happiness is tied to my actions. Now the client is working to make the coach happy rather than working to achieve their own goals for their own reasons. That does not create sustainable change. Instead, if we just focus on the strengths of the client, that's what welcomes in sustainable progress. And it's not dependent on the coach at all. Ultimately, the goal of using all of our oars, our open-ended questions, affirmations, reflections, and summaries is to help the client make sustainable change. Having a balance of oars that includes quality affirmations will make that process easier. And with practice, just like with our quite a question, affirmations are not only easier to offer, they are genuinely uplifting. They're fun. They're fun to incorporate for everyone involved. Who doesn't like being affirmed? And who doesn't like to see that smile on someone else's face when they have been affirmed? 
is powerful. It's changing. It allows for change to happen. So if you started this episode in the camp of affirmations are impossible, do I really have to do that? Remember that if affirmations were impossible, if that were true, we wouldn't even talk about affirmations as part of the coaching conversation. We wouldn't have had this conversation today. If you were in the camp of, I like affirmations, but they're still challenging, I encourage you to look each day for someone to affirm. Even if it's the dog, the cat, or the iguana. In fact, I've been known to yell out the door to the UPS or FedEx delivery person, some kind of affirmation. I try to affirm the uh, person who checks us out at the grocery store. Find someone to affirm. And finally, if this episode enhanced your confidence and courage to pursue affirmations in your coaching conversations, I'll say you're wise to recognize the importance and value of affirmations. I look forward to hearing the affirmations that you tried this week and in the coming weeks, of course, as you work to incorporate them seamlessly into your conversations. If you had an aha moment today, can I ask you to do a few things for me? First, send me a message. Let me know. I want to celebrate with you and affirm your commitment to improving your affirmations. I'll probably add a woohoo because that's just me. And I would also invite you to share that moment in a review on Apple Podcasts so that we can keep reaching more listeners. I certainly hope that your confidence grows and your creativity really blossoms as you awaken more affirmations this week and every week that follows. As always, thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you back here next week for another episode of the Coaching Hive podcast. And if you've guessed that it's about reflections, you would be right. So I'll see you back here next week.